Welcome to Staying Healthy Naturally, a show that focuses on healthy ways to help you achieve optimal wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Krakoff. I have my degree in naturopathic medicine and I'm a registered pharmacist at Johnson Compounding and Wellness on Main Street in Waltham. And today I'm happy to welcome Dr. Alex Bingham. Dr. Bingham and I have known each other, must be coming up on 15, 20 years now. And Dr. Bingham is board certified in family practice and integrative medicine and he brings 25 years of experience as a physician and I want to let everyone know he just opened a new practice across the street from us on Main Street. The name of the practice is Northeast Functional Medicine. So where I'd like to start is you've had a very interesting journey getting into medicine, probably going through regular medicine, and how did you arrive to functional integrative medicine? Right. Well. Hi, Gary. It's nice to be here. Uh, we've known each other a long time, and it's been a great uh, relationship. Um, yeah. I feel like I've learned a lot from you, and uh, likewise, and uh, have enjoyed my interactions. So, uh, when I left college, I wasn't really thinking about medicine. I thought I'd be a researcher, and so I worked in biochemistry labs. I worked on uh, experimental dairy farms, and within a couple of years, realized that. Research wasn't, I didn't want to be in a laboratory, I wanted to be with people. And I thought, well, maybe I'll be a nutritionist. And as I was deciding, I had a, a life-altering event happen during a thunderstorm at night. Someone standing about 10 feet from me was struck by lightning, fell to the wow. ground, and was unresponsive. And I yelled for help, and someone came and did CPR, and he woke up and he was okay. And I thought to myself, I have to learn how to do that. So I took a first aid course, and that seemed interesting, but it wasn't enough, so I took an EMT course and ended up working on ambulances in the late 70s in Boston. And uh, uh, by started running my own uh, volunteer ambulance company. And then the second event that happened, uh, one morning I woke up and I realized that I'd been called to be a physician. I was 29. And I didn't hesitate. I went right into what I had to do. I got into medical school. I loved medical school. and. Um, Started my residency in California in family practice at a county hospital. It was the mid-1980s, and our number one diagnosis there were, was AIDS-related pneumonias and, and other problems of AIDS. There was no treatment for AIDS at that time, and it was, it was quite a learning experience. It was a harrowing experience, but um, I came back here afterwards and started working uh, at a neighborhood health center um, we started an HIV AIDS program in Somerville and by the mid-90s it was a chronic illness. I didn't need to be doing that anymore and I, I wanted to be more of a general practitioner so I started doing general family practice and very quickly became very frustrated because I only had 10 or 15 minutes to see people and I wasn't really using my scientific background or knowledge. I was just kind of like trying to treat the symptoms, get a medication, get them out of the office, and uh, people with chronic illnesses weren't getting any better. Yeah. Luckily, I had, in the late 90s, an opportunity to switch to doing what we call functional medicine. And I jumped at the opportunity, and uh, I think through that, I found my true calling, and that is in, as a functional medicine practitioner. Okay. Well, that was quite the journey, and it's very interesting because a lot of the, the patients or clients 
are very upset. They want to be involved in their health care. And to get them in and get them out, that's the way our model is, which that's just the way it is. But if it's not just a simple thing, in 15 minutes, even in a half hour, how can you possibly even start chipping away at going back? What is the reason they're feeling the way they are? And so um, how a lot of people don't understand the difference. They assume the regular 15-minute get them in, get them out is medicine, and that's the way medicine is and should be practiced. And in some instances, maybe that is the best way. But when someone comes and sees you, how is a visit different? What does it involve? It involves a lot of work on your part, but it involves a lot of work and taking charge on the patient's part, too. I, I think that's true. I, I think that the, the idea that you come in with a whole list of problems and the doctor gives you a pill and you go away and get better is an antiquated thought. It really involves the commitment on the part of the patient to be an advocate for themselves and part of their home healing practice. And, and that's what I enjoy um, partnering with patients in that regard. The thing that is different about functional medicine and what really drew me to it is that it asks the questions, the question, why does this person feel this way? What has happened to end up at this point? Maybe the story started two months ago, maybe it started 20 years ago. And so I spend the time to hear the person's story. And basically my job is to let them talk and kind of direct the story so that I get an idea of what are the preceding events or things that happen, what may they be predisposed to from their family history, and what's happened to them to end them up at this point with these symptoms. Yeah, and that that's the real important thing. I know my mentor used to say, understanding the symptoms and giving them some help to lessen the main complaint is very important, but the symptoms are like the check engine light in the car. It's telling you something's wrong and fix it before it gets worse. And it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle and it's, I find it very fascinating looking back because the real issue is always from back here. It's not where they come in today. So when someone comes in, it's not just the standard blood pressure, height, weight, take a couple vials of blood and out you go. Um, it's really, it sounds like it's a lot of sitting and talking and I found a lot of people say that they like that because someone's finally listening to me and they're not telling me why I feel the way they are. They're accepting this is how I feel. And I could be the one person you've seen in a month that feels that way, but it's real. And so how do you, what, when you get the history, then what happens? Well, one of the points you made I think is really true is that um, in my training, what I, what I was taught is to try to unify the patient's story into one problem. And oftentimes, the story doesn't really lend itself to one problem or one explanation. And so the things that don't fit are oftentimes discarded or the patient is considered to not be a good historian. But it's in fact, those are the things that actually give you the clue as to where you should go with this. So let's say that, um, well, I'll use an example, okay? Yeah. So let's say the person comes in with a common complaint of irritable bowel syndrome, which as all syndromes, it's just a group of symptoms without a better explanation. 
And we so, don't have a drug for that. Right. And so it might be diarrhea, constipation, cramping, gas and bloating, just a, a group of symptoms that doesn't have a better answer. Now, we could take it from the point of view that we're going to help them move their bowels or we're going to give them something to slow it down. Uh, um, and after that, we don't really have much to offer from a, from a conventional point of view. But if you start thinking, okay, what, could, what are the processes that happen in digestion? Well, now we can start looking at things. Do they have food sensitivities? Are they digesting their food properly with stomach acid, with digestive enzymes? What's the nature of their the environment, what we now call the microbiome in the, yeah. in the digestive tract? We know that adults have four to five pounds of germs, 10 times as many as cell, uh, germs as cells in their body. So that's another f factor that we can look at. Have they ever had a stomach flu, food poisoning, parasites? What medications have they taken? All those things lead to this final endpoint of the symptoms that they have. And we can now investigate those things and come up with some answers and then address our, our treatment toward those specific entities as opposed to just saying, well, you need to take more fiber or you need to do this. Yeah, and what we found is that a lot of the, the typical, let's say, parasite tests, so they'll go in, they'll have a stool sample run, and they're told, nope, you don't have any parasites. And what I learned was to let people know, no, you don't have any of the parasites they look for. And so there's a lot on the integrative or the functional side. There's some wonderful testing that I don't understand why it's not available on the mainstream side, because it seems it's no more expensive than the regular tests. But like some of the stool panels can be an eight-page report. It checks not only do you have a tapeworm, but how's the breakdown of the good bacteria, of the opportunistic bacteria, of different organisms? How are you, how's your pancreatic output? How are you digesting your fats? Um, what's the pH of, of the stool, of the intestinal tract? And all that's important because nature gave us a wonderful machine and we seem to spend our life trying to screw it up. So I assume those are the type of testing when it's needed that you can offer your clients and yes. it's amazing what's out there that nobody knows about. It, it, I didn't know about it yeah. and 20 years ago discovering this thing was like entering a candy store for the first time. You know it was like oh wow I can learn this, I can learn that. You know all of a sudden the biochemistry and the physiology that I really love came back to life yeah. and so I think that it's the most scientific approach that I've ever experienced in medicine. And along with that, it's the most caring for the patient and the patient-doctor relationship. I remember I grew up in Winthrop and there was a, you know, back then it was all GPs. There was a family doctor, we called him Uncle Charlie. You know, he lived down the street, but he not only was very good at figuring out what was wrong. He spent the time, but he also knew everybody. So he knew the family dynamics. And even with irritable bowel or sleep disorders, a lot of times it's stress or anxiety or family issues that are 24-7. A lot of us are the sandwich generation. That can affect the bowel. That can affect allergies. That can affect digestion, blood pressure. And we don't look at that because we have drugs to lower blood pressure, to push down cholesterol, 
but we're finding a lot of those drugs do have, they have a benefit, but there's always something on the other side. You know, a big one is the statins for cholesterol. Right. And there's wonderful things and great ways to deal with cholesterol that some people may need a statin, but a lot of people, you know, I'm sure this is a big thing we run into in your office all the time. You know, my doctor told me I need to go on a statin. Right. Well, I think that as a naturopath, you have, were taught what I consider a better approach, which is that the body is hardwired to be healthy, and your job is to rebalance it, not right. to slug it out. And so I think what, what my training was was more like we attack these diseases, right. and wellness isn't really thought about very much. You know, I think maybe I would have said, well, wellness is the absence of disease but really it's a sense of well-being it's it's a sense of vitality there's so much more that goes into that than just not having a disease and I think most of us no matter how well we feel could be doing much better and the sooner you get into balance hopefully in 70s 80s 90s you're gonna be vibrant active we weren't meant to be sitting on a couch riddled with arthritis having our joints falling apart in our 60s and 70s. And you know, an example, when I was down in Florida years ago, I helped one of my parents' neighbors. He was in his late 80s. It was, had to be 90 degrees out, and his partner was having a hip replace, his tennis partner, and he asked me if I would whack some balls with him. And I figured, you know, I'll be nice to this guy. He ran me ragged. <laughs> I had to stop. And that's what I want to be. I want to be maybe doing things differently and smarter, but I think all of us, no matter how ill you are, everyone can feel better because, like you said, our body wants to be healthy. And, you know, I find sometimes people, when they come over and get some of the things you recommend, or when we recommend something, all of a sudden, rapidly, within days, they notice a change and they say, how can that be? And it's because the body, like you said, knows where it wants to be. Yeah, it, uh, I think it, it's amazing. Uh, one of the things I like to do when someone comes in and they say they're better is to say, well, why do you think you're better? I've learned more from that than many other things. You know, I could assume it's because of this great plan that I laid out, but it might be something that they discovered on their own. And then that's very valuable because now they have really taking control of their health and and after my my goal with people is that they don't need to see me anymore right. and in the process they've now developed a toolkit for self-care they understand why they did what they did and if they feel out of balance again they'll know what they can do to get better get better so part of or a good portion of what you do one you are the research scientist and digging in and putting the jigsaw puzzle together but you're basically, when someone wants to work on their health and get better, you're an educator. You're giving them information that they can use and what better tools to be able to give someone and also what greater professional satisfaction that you help this person figure out the path they need to be on to be healthy. And you know that's what we find at the Wellness Center is you're helping people move forward and it just it it warms your heart that they're doing it now we're getting you know hopefully we're almost done with the snow and we're coming into spring and what i've been telling people for years 
people with seasonal allergies that keep the recurrent allergies, now is the time to get your body ready. Don't wait till you get slammed and are playing catch up. And antihistamines, I found, can be helpful, but nature always wins. If you're blocking the receptor site and you're over responding to allergens, you have the immune systems over responding, there aren't enough antihistamines in the world that are gonna stop that. And so um, what I think I'd like to steer us into is not people who, when things are blooming, they might for a day have itchy eyes or sneeze a little, but now we're developing um, all sorts of labels, mast cell dysfunction and all this. People with chronic allergies, whether it be food or the seasonal or the chemical allergies, and the antihistamines in taking prednisone and inhalers can help with symptoms, but that's a Band-Aid that isn't doing anything. And you have a different outlook uh, from what we've talked about in the past on allergies. Can you talk about that? Yeah, more? I've been interested in allergies for a long time. As a matter of fact, one of the first things that I <clears throat> kind of like specialized in, in going to a more holistic direction. And uh, the analogy I use for people is that people who have allergies are like a rain barrel. And if they fill their rain barrel up with the things that are causing their allergies and it overflows, they're gonna have symptoms. If they're right at the top, they might not have any symptoms, but they have no leeway and just a little bit of something will push them over. Okay. So what I try to do is to help them understand what is this rain barrel? Is it food? Is it environmental? Is it chemical? Is it stress? So that they get an idea about where they are with that. Now, spring's coming up. So you might have a person who has great spring allergies and that might be most of their rain barrel. So for those people, they're gonna have to take certain precautions. You know, certainly they want to eliminate any other causes of inflammation in their system. So they might take care of their digestive system and things like that. Um, and then I'll oftentimes do testing. Uh, I use blood at this point and figure out how, how much they're reacting to each thing. Now, I think that it, the best treatment that I have is desensitization. So we can tell from a panel of environmental allergens how sensitive you are to different things. And we can customize a solution made from those exact allergens at different concentrations that you squirt under your tongue three times a day. And as you go through that treatment, um, a bottle lasts about three months, the next bottle's a little stronger, next bottle's a little stronger. And what, what you're training their body to do is to tolerate more exposure without reacting. And so respond appropriately to it. Right, so basically you're normalizing their immune system to, to not be reactive to things that really don't matter so that they can fight off viruses and things like that, but you don't need to fight off oak pollen. And, and so that's one approach, but they still have to make it through the season. Right. And the antihistamines are one approach, and I, 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 the, the analogy I use for that is that you've got a barn of all your inflammatory compounds like histamine and things like that. And the allergen comes in and opens the barn door. Now the horses come running out and that's your inflammation. You take your antihistamines or whatever. But how much better it would be if you could just keep that door locked and all the inflammation stays inside. And that's what a, a, a product called uh, quercetin does, which is a yep. naturally food-derived bioflavonoid that basically stabilizes the mast cells that have all the inflammatory compounds. And if you start that early enough, you may prevent the inflammation from happening. 
And histamine, like a lot of people want to block it completely. We need histamine. Histamine's very healthy, sort of like in a bell curve. Up to this point, it's beneficial. Once you go over the top, it causes inflammation. It can make you um, tired, fuzzy brain, interfere with sleep. It's a neurotransmitter. And so blocking it, trying to block it completely isn't healthy because you're sort of um, hurting the body, crimping the body's natural defense. The quercetin is excellent. Also, like you said, the inflammation, a lot of people don't realize how important the gut is and with allergies. And the more you get out of balance, the, the people who are seasonal allergy and have food sensitivities, then they start developing the environmental allergies. They go into a store and they're having problems because of the different chemicals in the store. Those people, I think a lot of people don't realize they need help. Right. Because you have, if you are getting environmental allergies, your barrel is flood, flooding over the top. So somebody, now let's go to the other side of the coin. Somebody comes in that has fibromyalgia symptoms. That's another syndrome. Their bowel is a mess. They're extremely environmentally sensitive. Um, the foods, they keep limiting and cutting out foods they're reacting to, and they wind up, instead of, I can't eat these foods, it winds up being, I can only tolerate these foods, and they will eventually react to those foods if they do, don't do anything. So someone comes in that really, I don't want to say is a disaster, but in every single area, they're way out of balance. How do you even begin? Well. Now that, now Sorry, that you've terrified me with this person, but <laughs> these are the people that come to see me. I, and so that's where your story comes in because you kind of go back. And I guess the first thing I would think about is how safe is their home for them? Well, okay, so the first homes thing. are filled. So terrible. you've got, you know, the, the, the problem with allergies and asthma and things like that today, I think, is that the indoor environment is so toxic. Whereas before, I mean, the air is cleaner than it was in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. But we have our houses wrapped so tight. They're so tight that everything that's in there, you're going to be exposed to. And mold is a huge problem, or dust, or, you know, things like that. So, uh, and also the new materials that are used for, for construction are going to outgas all the chemicals that are used. So if you've got plywood or composition board, or you've got binders and sealers and glues and all these different things, you're going to be exposed to that. And that fills up that rain barrel. So I would say the first thing to do is to look at your home so at least you have a safe place to go back to every day. Yeah. Okay? And, and then you start looking at their sensitivities. Where, where can you help? And maybe you start with things that help their body to detoxify, like a, a sauna, uh, taking a, 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 an Epsom salt bath. So things that, very gentle detoxing, not let's wring out the body. Right. Okay. Right. Um, I find that one of the real challenges is how to not make people sicker as they're getting better. Yeah. And, and that happens all the time because they're going too fast. Slow and, and steady always wins. Right. And, and I remember when I had health problems and would see a holistic person and I wouldn't feel good and I would hear, well, you're just detoxing, hang in there. No, no, that's not it. If you're not feeling well, there's something wrong going on. And so you have to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, now, I also found, you know, and I try to tell people a lot of times they'll come back and they're working with a practitioner or they're working with us. And 
I took this and this happened. So I tried to explain to them, even if you have a little negative response or a side effect that comes up, the practitioner needs to know that because that sometimes is unbelievable information right. because then you can figure out which pathway isn't open from that. Um, we have people come in with digestive disorders or they're, they've been on um, for Lyme, a lot of antibiotics, and we asked them if they're taking a, a well-formulated probiotic, and they said, no, I tried that, and I got extremely gassy or itchy, and so I can't tolerate probiotics, and try to turn it around that it's not that you can't tolerate it. That means there's probably a lot of opportunistic organisms. The good guys are bumping off too many of the bad guys. Take a pinch of it because that shows you you need it more than people who can take large amounts without any problem. So you must run into that scenario. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, it happens all the time. And yeah. so, and you know, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I won't realize how sensitive a person is. Yeah. And some people are, are sensitive in that their body doesn't want to change very much, very quickly. Yeah. And so if you give them a standard dose of something, they're going to feel sick and they're just going to exclude it. But just like you said, if you started with a tiny amount, not enough to help them, but enough to, for their system to see it and kind of like be comfortable with it, and you gradually build that up, you can oftentimes then start getting the, the effect that you're looking for. And then you can add another thing and build it up. So that when a person reacts, they don't just stop everything. They go kind of back to their safe program and then they can and build back up it. again. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the hard part cuz especially in your practice now when people finally come to you they've probably been through the ringer for years and they've been on a lot of medication and they're getting progressively worse so it's a more convoluted story cuz they have all these layers of other things that were done so you can't really see the the full picture and getting them to understand yes you can feel better we're going to go slow and steady it's not going to be take this 10 days you're done and that's what we're all programmed for take something every eight hours for 10 days and you're all done so that must be frustrating but people need to understand it didn't just happen last week this is a the perfect storm that might have been building for 10 or 20 years it's going to take a little while but going at it slowly and methodically you get to the end point so much faster. Uh, you know, what you're saying is, is what I experience. And um, I do get people who have been for years just searching for an answer. And they come in, and most of them understand that it's going to take a little while. Yeah. What, what maybe I can start with is, is, is to help them with a little hope. Because some people are hopeless at that point. They've been through it, and they just don't think they can get better. And if but you can get them to move even a baby step forward, then they buy into it because yeah. it's working. I think our human, uh, you know, just our, our, the way our human nature is that if you feel hopeless, well, then you don't, don't think There's anything can help. But if you see a little bit of a glimmer, well, then you'll, you've got the strength to go through it because you've got some hope. Yep. Well, I can't believe it. I just got a signal that our time is up. But I want to thank you for coming. I hope you'll join us again and we can dig deeper into other topics. And again, if anyone has any questions, feel free to contact us at the um, Johnson Compounding or you can get in touch with Dr. Bingham. His office is right on Main Street. And thank you very much for joining us.
Gary, it's been a pleasure. I hope we can do it again. We will.